every one of you listening to this podcast, watch out. Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace will be oozing into your earlobes. The Giant Size Team-Up Network. A coalescence of auditory nightmares the world has never seen. Breaking the panel. A three-headed, ego-breathing monster starring Paul Klotz, Charles McFall, and Chris the Princess Wisdom. Pokemon Go Podcast, a terrifying set of creatures emerging from balls, starring Teenage Heartthrob, Brian Ibbett, and Mormon Heartthrob, Pokemon Joe. The Blazing Defender Report, an unstoppable muscle-bound monster not afraid to strip at a moment's notice, starring Travis Jones. Toy Power, a group of evil Australian collectibles that collect your soul. Played by Aussies Darren Trent, Frank and Ben. DC On Screen Podcast, a pair of dark-hearted shadows filling innocent hearts with sadness in the form of DC movies, played by David and Jason. And finally, Botched, a D&D podcast, a melding of hatred, ignorance, stupidity, and drunkenness made flesh in the form of murderous role players, played by a bunch of assholes. The giant-sized team-up network, spreading across the city, the nation, and then the world. There is no hope of stopping it. You can run, and you can hide, but the Giant Size Team-Up Network will find you. Head on over to GiantSizeTeamUp.com to learn more of this mighty menace. And now, for your listening pleasure, The Blazing Defender Report, with your host, Travis Joe! Welcome everyone to another, not just any, episode of the Blazing Defender Report, but number 50. It is going to be a giant-sized team-up with me, and I have a very special guest that I'm going to introduce in just a second. But I want to thank everyone that's in the live stream right now on Facebook Live. Bear with us, guys. We're using OBS for the first time. Uh, we tested it earlier today. It ran fine, but now it's giving us fucking hiccups. But supposedly the audio sounds great, so we're going to get on with it. Um, what is Who is the Blazing Defender Report? The Blazing Defender Report is me, Travis Jones, your host, trying to defend you from making some bad purchases at your local comic book shop. That is the, my goal, guys. I buy comic books every week, and I come on this show, and I tell you what was good, what was bad, what you might be interested in, even though I may not like it, but you might. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining in today. Bear with us on our technical problems. Like I said, the audio should be good. And basically, that's what, that's what you listen to a podcast for, right? All right, guys. I have a very, very special guest with me today. You know him as TV's Casey from the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast and a prospective member of the Breaking the Panel Podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. Everyone give a huge round of applause, a blazing defender welcome to Casey Strohs. How the hell are you, Casey? I'm I'm doing fine, my man. You know, I, I heard that the Blazing Defender was looking for a sidekick for his 50th anniversary issue, and I decided, you know, hey, what can I, you know, show up? Let's do it. Let's Who let's talk is Cap without Bucky, right? Right? Exactly. Everybody's got to have a sidekick. No, man, you're no sidekick. <laughs> you are very much a co-host today. Casey has 
been reading comics all day like I have. We were supposed to do this show last week uh, because of schedules. OBS, let's just be fucking honest, OBS technical difficulties. We couldn't do it last week. There was some really good stuff last week. Yeah. Um, but there's some really great stuff today as well. Casey and I are going to take you through the week. What we thought was great, what we thought sucked. Maybe we agree, maybe we don't. We haven't even really talked about that. So we're going to both find out on the air live right now. Uh, but first of all, I do want to say that I am a proud, proud member of of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Four shows on the network were nominated for podcasting awards this year. So if you like nerd-related anything, gaming, comic books, movies, Giant Size Team Up is your one-stop shop for all those shows. Uh, If you like this show, you're going to love those shows. If you don't like this show, you're still going to love those shows. Those are some really good shows, some really great hosts on those shows. Please check those guys out. Um, and also, I want to say that I'm a proud, proud partner with Collector Zone. For all your collecting needs, NECA, Funko Pops. And you know what's cool about Collector Zone, Casey? What's cool about is it? Is it that you're totally going to add a sweet guitar riff and post every time you say collector zone? <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike Woodard, you're getting this. Casey just came up with a fantastic idea. Every time I say collector zone, meow, meow, big yeah. metal rift in the background. That's it. Hey, All right. So tell my, me, what, what's the best thing about collector zone? The best thing about collector zone is you. You yourself can email, Facebook message, Facebook uh, in the Collector Zone Cantina, any of the owners, and they will take care of the problem personally. And if you want them to find a collectible for you, they will do that for you. They've done it for me. Uh, and I, I've seen several members in the Collector Zone Cantina on Facebook uh, where they do that for everyone. So that's a very, very cool um, a very cool aspect of their company that you can't get a lot of places. Um, they make a lot of people happy. I have bought stuff from them, and, and I am a proud, proud partner with these guys. And just for people listening, just for you guys, go to CollectorZone.com, use the code word CONTRAVIS, and save 15% off your total order. That's con, Travis, C-O-N, like I'm a con man. <laughs> We're going to do something about this code. It was actually the Dragon Con code uh, that we used that we're just we're still using right now. So, con, Travis, CollectorZone.com. Get 15% off your total order. Check those guys out today. Uh, the next sponsor I want to give a big shout-out to is Black Rifle Coffee. I don't have a new code for them. Uh, I still have last month's, which is no good for you now because we're in October. But you hit me up. Anytime you want to try Black Rifle Coffee, you give me a shout-out. I will get you a coupon code to try those guys. It is excellent, excellent coffee. Murdered Out is my favorite. I have to say that. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and the newest sponsor of the Blazing Defend Report the Zone Comic Shop in Louisville, Kentucky. If you are listening and you're in Louisville, Kentucky, check out The Zone on her lane. They have a new 
uh, a new shop there. Dan's shop looks amazing. He's got action figures. He's got a wall with the store picks and everything with a blazing De- blazing defender pick of the week soon to be coming to his comic wall. Um, so please check out Dan. Dan is the biggest nerd out of everybody here. Everybody listening, everybody watching. Dan's the biggest nerd there is, and he knows his material. He knows his stuff. And if you need a book, he's going to find it for you. Have you read Shirtless Bear Fighter, Casey? I have not, but I've seen it on the shelves, and I've been looking at it, and I'm like, oh my God. what is this? Oh, my God. Shirtless <laughs> Bear Fighter. It is the perfect the perfect uh, combination of crazy, great, funny, great action, great artwork. I love it. It's one of my favorite titles of the year. There was a cover B. It was a variant cover that came out last week. My comic shop, the, the other comic shop I used to go to was already sold out of it. I called Dan. Dan was like, I'm going to find it for you. And he did. I mean, this thing was going for like $25 on, on eBay already. So thank you, Dan, so much for finding it for me. Check out The Zone on her lane if you're in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Have you ever been to a comic convention, Casey? Heck yeah, I'm going to one tomorrow. I know! That's so odd. Tell everybody where you're going. New York Comic Con. Shut up, man. That is so awesome. That's like, like the second biggest in yes. the whole country or something. Yes, I would, I would say it's right up there with uh, Chicago. Uh, is it as big as Dragon Con? You know, I, I've heard different things about Dragon Con where like the whole city kind of gets in on it. Oh like, my there's, god. There's so much stuff off-site. Um, I know they're doing a lot of construction in the Javits Center this year, so they have a lot of stuff that's like off-site in other halls, but um, this is really the only one I've been to. I've been along the smaller convention circuit around Connecticut, but that's that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dragon Con's like, I mean, it's literally like six blocks of the city. That's crazy. It's four hotels. Oh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I've never, like, I couldn't even imagine San Diego. Because Dragon Con was so big. But I've always heard New York and Chicago are huge cons in themselves. Uh, tell everyone, because you're going in costume too, is that right? That's right. <laughs> tell everybody what you're going as. I'm going as everyone's favorite X-Man, uh, Rogue. <laughs> I love it. The gender swap, man. The gender swap Rogue. How are you it's pulling a- that off? Well, I... Uh... I put I well I put the costume together. I bought uh, two spandex bodysuits. Living in Queens, I got like a million tailors near me, oh so I sent it to them and I'm like, "Listen, I need you to make this." And they're like, "Well, it's for a girl." And I go, "Just imagine I'm a very big girl, okay? <laughs> All right, oh. you know, do me a little favor in like the seat. You know, it doesn't have to be so super tight." Um, oh my god! I mean, I've had the jacket for years. As soon as I, I've had like a leather bomber jacket with you know, Xavier Institute patches on the shoulders for like six years now. And I'm like, well, that's already half the outfit. That's like the most recognizable yeah. thing that she's rocking in the night. That's right. That's so right. I did that. I, I bought some booties off of Etsy that look perfect. And I just kind of put it all together. Oh my God. And, and, and but the, the, the coup de gras, the, the trademark, what are you doing? Uh, the Southern accent. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, oh. No. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm doing a hairspray over the top, right? But I'm also doing it down the middle in the beard. Oh, man, that is, that's fucking perfect, man. Yeah. We've got, you've got to send me pics so I can post on the website oh, of, heck yeah. of your outfit, man. Because you're going to, dude, I'm telling you what, if you go in something like that, 
you're going to spend a whole day just taking fucking pictures with people. I hope. I mean, I mean, I've seen a couple of male rogues in the past, but like. Oh, really? I'm not saying mine has got a huge attention to detail or anything. I've never seen one in New York. Okay. So I'm hoping I could be the, the lone the lone male rogue, and I know how many female gambits are out there. Oh, my God. So, you know, call that's me. Gonna be, that's gonna be, <laughs> dude, that's going to be – I'm so excited for you, man. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, I didn't go to New York a couple weekends ago, but I did go to Cincinnati Comic Con. Cincinnati oh. Comic Con uh, is, is usually a pretty – pretty big con it's nothing compared to the big four uh you know san diego new york chicago and we'll say dragon con's big four yeah um it's nothing compared to that but it it is in a huge convention center and they usually bring really cool people and what what made this this year so so cool for me and uh, my co-host on the meatheads on movies show big sam is we got to meet and talk to scott snyder and greg capullo Two of my favorite comic book creators on Batman. Uh, this lithograph right here that I got. You can't really see the signatures down there on the bottom, but they both signed it. Uh, we got that for being doing the Snyder Capullo experience is what they call it. Ooh. Basically, we got to do a panel with them. Uh, they told some stories. We asked some questions. And then they signed five of our things. And then we got to talk to them again and do a picture op. Which was really cool. So we we could have met them at the con, but you're talking. I mean, dude, their line because they started getting in line before we left for the day, and it was it was ridiculous. Like, there's no way in hell I'd have waited in that line. Jim Lee's line wasn't as long as their line was at Dragon Con. Yeah, well, when's the, when's the last time you saw Jim Lee do interiors on a book? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's like the a big deal executive in charge over at DC, so I don't blame him. But right, <laughs> you know, at least right. Jeff Johns is writing books. Yeah, yeah, Jeff still writes the books. Uh, yeah. But you know what was cool about Scott and them was you know this Batman metal, uh, the Dark Knights, which me and you were going to talk about. Uh, oh yeah, uh, last week's and this week's books. Uh, but I kind of got it inside on where these stories came from from Scott. And, like, these are something that he's been wanting to do for a long time. And, and how he got Greg on board. Uh, and let me just say, I have to say this just for full disclosure, full transparency on Greg or Greg Capullo. I follow Greg on Twitter. Yeah, boy. Greg's a, a fellow New Yorker like my man Casey here. Uh, he's uh, he could be a little. Gruff. Uh, as a southern, uh, yes, yes, very gruff. As a southern <laughs> would say, a little northerner. Uh, you know, like, he's just, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, th I thought he was going to be a dick. Just fuck it. I'm just going to say it. I thought he was going to be a dickhead. He was not at all. The dude was great. Him and Scott both were very gracious. Uh, and he was funny. Oh, my God. He was telling these stories. Um, and it, it was just a fantastic experience all, all around. And let me just say, like, Scott Snyder, because I've read a lot of St Scott's stuff over the years. And Scott, um, how should I say this? Scott is, he's had some pain, man. Like, he's been through some stuff, and he went through a phase in his career where people getting on the internet and talk, like, saying shit about what he was doing on Swamp Thing or, or whatever he was doing. And, like, if they didn't like it, Scott had a hard time dealing with it. 
And this, out of his mouth, out of his mouth, he said he would go to cons, do panels, drink a little too much. Oh, man. And lash out at some fans. I know. I looked at Sam, and Sam looked at me, and we're like, holy shit, that would have been the panel to be at. You know, like, Scott Snyder oh getting God. wet, just whipping uh, the fans. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the hell? So, but anyway, uh, what was really cool was when he kind of went through all that, um, and then Greg Capullo told him, that he liked working with Todd McFarlane oh, way to, out of everybody. Way to throw him under the bus. Like, that's his favorite. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it's, it's like, we thought it was a joke, like, because he was like, he gets so <laughs> fucking mad when I say this to him. And he's like grabbing his shoulders and shit. And Scott's kind of like, yeah, I did. And we thought, oh, it's a joke. No, he was really upset. And he, he went back to it even. And he was like, yeah, you know. I was really hurt when Greg said that. Um, and he never really elaborated, but he said he was going to go hang off a building. Oh, man. Like, this was like, I don't know if he was bunging or what he was doing. It wasn't like, I'm going to go hang off a building and kill myself. But he was like, I was literally about to go hang off the side of a building, and Greg tells me this, and I said, you motherfucker, if I die hanging off the side of this building, you're going to feel really bad you said that about me. And, and Greg was, like, laughing the whole time, like, ha, 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 yeah, I probably would have, you know. But but this I thought was really cool. I know I'm getting on a tangent, but I had such a good time with these guys. No, man, every time you I, get to, you know, meet to, – to, to guys like you and me, um, you know, these guys are like our heroes. They're they're the real deal. Yes. Um, yes. And, and that's the main difference. Like, I remember, like, I met uh, – the first time I ever met a comic creator was in 2006. I met Riley Brown at, like, a small – almost podcast kind of small signing when he was still working on Cable and Deadpool. And he's, like, not a big deal at the time. He was, like, a no-name artist. Like, this was, like, his first main gig that I had ever seen. And I was shaking like a leaf, you know? I was like, I can't believe, like, the guy who makes my favorite comic right now is standing right in front of me, you know? And I was, was like, 16, but, you know, you're a grown-ass man, and you're, like, you're still wowed by these, just these two regular guys just making a living doing something awesome. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and I felt when, when we were in line, because I was like in the second row, so I was like, Sam and I were probably like the 20th people to to meet them. Like, it's a hey, you with the muscles down in front. Right, yeah. Like, get the fuck out of the way. What are y'all doing here? You security? You ain't getting shit signed. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And like I said, Sam's 6'3", 270. I'm 5'11", 245. So, I mean, Sam's just a, just a much bigger guy than me, but we're neither one of us are small. So when we finally got up to Scott and Greg, and like I said, Greg being a New Yorker, he kind of considers himself kind of a tough guy. Because, uh, you know, he was telling us about his fights he's gotten in and everything, which was which was still a great story. So when yeah. I got up to Scott, and, you know, I felt like Scott kind of led us in a little bit to his pain. And uh, I just felt compelled to tell him, and no one was really talking to him. They're like, I mean, these motherfuckers are, you know, got their comic books and their toys and shit to sign, which Sam and I did too, trust me. But when we Could got, you make it out to eBay? Thanks. No, no, no. Hell no. I ain't selling none of this shit, man. No. My, my yeah. shit. I, I don't. I Keeping hoard all of it. Yes, I hoard all of it. Yeah, boy. When, my, when I die, my wife can sell it all, but no, I'm keeping all of it. <laughs> so so when I, we get up to Scott, you know, Sam was talking to the guy behind him. And when we got to Scott Snyder, you know, he was like, oh, hey, man, thanks for waiting. 
And I'm like, no, man, this is, no, I've been waiting months for this. What's a couple minutes? And I said, look, man, I heard what you said about people on the internet, you know, like giving you a hard way. I was like, let me just tell you, for me and this guy behind me, you two guys are the definitive Batman creative team ever. And wow. and I looked at Capullo and went, and I Jim Lee's like my favorite artist. And Craig was like <laughs> Oh, way to go. Oh yeah. No, no. I'd be fucking man, I'd be an honest, you know, like Jim Lee's my favorite artist, but you two guys are my favorite team on Batman of all time. Yes. And and Scott Snyder, like, he stood up. He stood up and shook my hand. And he was like, Man, thank you so much. And Greg Pudo's like Where's my fucking wife at? Where's my wife at? She needs to hear this shit. She don't ever hear shit like this. And, and uh, then, you know, then Sam came in and Sam was like, yeah, man, you know, you guys are our favorite and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Greg even said they they don't hear that. Like, we know everybody in this room paid money to for this experience. So we know you – we think you like what we do because you did that. But, like, when people come up here, they don't tell us that. And I thought that was like the strangest thing. I guess it's people consider it uh, implied because I paid, you know, $75 for this ticket for this experience. But no one says it to him. And when Scott got up out of his seat to shake my hand, I was like, oh, shit. You know, like just the look on his face. I mean, it it was just really cool, really cool experience. Um, And and, and, and when we were waiting for the picture op, because we were first in line for the picture op. Like, they wanted to keep talking to us. Like, Greg wanted to talk about working out. Uh, you know, uh, I was dude, trying to... just be like, hey, man, can I buy you a beer? Let's hang... Let's, like, dude, you know, when I this was, is over, dude, let's, let's hang I, out. Why, I don't know why... You know, this is what I was thinking, because I'm always, like... I try to be, like, really conscious about, like... Uh, I don't know, like... Overstepping your boundaries. rude to people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, just... And, like, we had a ton of people behind us. And they were all waiting for a picture, too. But, like... Yo, Greg and Scott were wanting to talk. Right. <laughs> and and we had already taken the picture and, and and you know, Scott I was trying to get out of Scott what his secret project was and, and I had some questions about Baby Dark Side. Like, how the fuck did Batman get Baby Dark Side? <laughs> like you know, I mean we're gonna talk about all that in metal, but but yeah, so and then I was like, Oh man, we gotta get the fuck out of here, you know? And and then finally they were like great and uh, you know, Greg and I, we still chat back and forth on Twitter, and, and you know, he seems like he remembers me and stuff. So, anyway, really cool experience. Long story short, the moral of this story is for for because I know I have a lot of fans that uh, you know they dabble in comic books, but you know, going to conventions way outside their realm. Go to a fucking convention, especially if you're in Louisville, Kentucky. We have a lot of small conventions. I don't know if New York does. I don't think New York does anything small. There are, there are a uh, few. I, I don't know if, like, Big Apple Con is still happening or if that got bought up by Wizard World, but I've gone to a, a couple of small ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if you've been to a small con, small cons are very intimate. Small cons are the best. Small cons are, like, the only place you can get a commission these days. If you're trying to get oh, artwork. Oh, yeah, like a commission art. Yes. Uh, what he means is, is like if, like Greg Capullo. Like, when he was first starting, he probably did small cons. You could walk up to him and say, hey, Greg, will you sketch a cover for me? Uh, they had these comics called convention covers. And they're, there's like a, it's like a white poster board cover that is, makes, makes it real easy to sketch on. You can buy those and, and take them up to, or, or, or anything. It didn't even have to be a, a cover of a comic yeah. book. Uh, but you can give them something, 
and ask them to sketch it. And what he's saying is commission. You can commission them to do an art piece. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you when you get them at small cons, they're a hell of a lot cheaper than at big cons. Trust me. Yeah. So if you're ever, you know, if, if you have a kid, take them. There's usually some cosplayers. There's always cosplayers, always. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and and like, like Casey said, small cons are the best. All right. That's my Cincinnati story. We're going to have Casey back on to tell us about his New York experience because I'm very excited for him to go and I want to hear about it. I wish I could fucking meet him up there. That would be fucking fantastic. Oh, hell yes. Oh, my God. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to – Casey, I'll be honest. I didn't know you were fucking – I didn't know you were a New Yorker. Oh, really? Had no idea. Where do you think I hailed from? I had no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, when I say I don't care, I mean, like, I just, I think it's. Uh, Listen, a, f- you know, a fan's a, a cool fan dude. no matter where you are. I could have been from, I could have been from Alaska for all you cared. That's fucking right. I mean, I, I really, like, I don't say, like, I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck where you're <laughs> yeah. from. It's not that. Uh, I'm not Greg Capullo in <laughs> uh, <clears throat> But no, like, I think it's awesome. Like, I don't know anybody in New York other than Paul Klotz. Yeah. Which, you know, Paul, Paul's upstate New Yorker. Uh, did you know that? Yes. Okay, um, I didn't know that till I went to Atlanta. Like I thought, all these guys were from Atlanta, and then I found out that Paul and Charles had never met till Dragon Con this year, and they've worked together for fucking three years. Yeah. So it's crazy, but yes, trust me, man, I'm coming to New York because I've never been. I want to go. I want to see the 9/11 monument. I want to. I mean, I, I want to come. I'm going to well, come. You can't, and here, here's out. my advice: you can't do it in a day. Oh no 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 no! Trust me, no no no. We're gonna we're we're gonna come up for a week and we're gonna hang out. We're gonna see shit and so it's gonna be a good time. Hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, so all right, man. We got to get to these comic books or we're gonna be fucking. Well, we're gonna be running running real. Let's light. do it. Uh, let's do it. So all right, Casey and I have discussed this beforehand. A lot of great shit last week. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pick two books from last week and we're just gonna briefly talk about them. Why they were awesome to us. And uh, Casey, take it away, buddy. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this one up big time with uh, with Marvel Legacy. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, that's that's the big one coming out of Marvel this week. Uh, those of you, whether you're in the loop or not, Marvel's been putting out a bunch of these like generation one shots featuring like uh, the old version of a character and the new version. So you got your classic Cap and your Sam Wilson Cap. You've got your Jane Foster Thor, your Thor Odinson. You know, teenage. Old school Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and like a crazy time travel team-up kind of adventure. Um, That's all fallen out of Secret Empire and whatnot. But what Legacy is, and the way it's affecting all the numbering and stuff, it's probably the closest equivalent I can think of to uh, DC Rebirth. Oh, absolutely. Now, you know, Marvel and DC have been kind of like aping each other, you know, event-wise for years. Sure. Yeah, but I think this one is, is one of the, the bigger examples of, all right, DC really beat us at our own game. How are we going to step it up? Right, yes. Uh, I would totally agree. DC, DC Rebirth, by the way, DC Rebirth number zero uh, with Wally West on the cover is the only number 10, uh, the, the only comic I've ever gave a perfect score to. Really? Yeah, That 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 is the best single contained issue that I've ever read. I didn't even know. I really don't even know who the fuck Wally West is. I know he's a Flash. 
but I really am not, I'm not. I don't know a lot about the flashes per se. Ba- Barry's um, Barry's your flash for what it's worth. Bar- Barry Allen's my flash. Yeah, he's the one I know. Okay. But this story, I mean, it had it tugged on emotions. It was a great, just a single contained story. It let you know everything you needed to know going in to a big event, which is a very fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. But so, what do you think about Legacy Number One? So I love Legacy. I think it. I think it opens up a lot of avenues, but it's now it's nowhere near as new reader friendly as um, as DC Rebirth was. I agree. Yeah. Like uh, this starts out with uh, the Avengers of One Million BC, which is you know Odin with Mjolnir. We've got a Ghost Rider riding a woolly mammoth, uh, a Lady Iron Fist, another Phoenix, maybe the first Black Panther, and. Yeah. Um, is it Agamotto? The sorcerer? Yes. It is. Agamotto. Yeah. Yep. And they're fighting a, a celestial that they <laughs> that they souls. that they not only managed to beat, which is kind of amazing. Oh, and the Star Brand. It's like a prehistoric Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. A Star prehistoric Brand. guy yes. with the Star Brand. Um and they they fight a celestial and they and they manage to to put it under the ground. Um but it jumps back between the super past and the present. You've got the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider fighting the modern star, star brand, brand. Yeah. Yes. Who showed up in Hickman's Avengers. Um, yes. Who was originally from the new universe. There's a lot of confusing stuff about star brand. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's kind of like, he's just imagine he's kind of like Quasar. I mean, his logo looks exactly the same. Exactly. So, uh, we get to see this ghost rider do the penance stare for the first time, which is something that he wasn't quite sure that he could do. Uh, uh we've got, Loki going after some kind of prize that we later find out is one of the Infinity Gems. So those are being gathered once more. Um, we've got a team up of the the Legacy trio of Avengers with Ironheart, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Jane Foster, Thor. Just like previews I, by all the different creative teams. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the 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 star here for me is the Cyber Beak. Uh, that motherfucker is like he's a rock star man he is a rock star artist he's what made me love jason aaron's run on that's not necessarily true he wasn't the only reason that i love that run on thor with jason aaron gore the god butcher oh my god i mean like (laughs) when people ask me like man i want to get back into comics again i tell them two comics dark knight returns because it's it's one of my favorites of all time uh frank Miller's dark knight returns and the God Butcher by Jason Thor, Aaron. Thor, God of Thunder, the first arc. God of Thunder, yes, yeah. yes. Oh my God, it's so good. But a cyber beak, and, and let me, like you said, there's so much going on in this book. I feel like Jason Aaron, which I'm a, I mean, insert gag sound now, because I fucking love Jason Aaron. I love just about everything he fucking does. Yeah. So I'm a huge fucking fanboy of Jason Aaron. No, I don't think anybody, even Jeff Johns, could have balanced and told a this good a single issue story with so many moving parts. I think it was spot on perfect. Yeah. But for me, I think the reason I love this so much, other than I, I really love like sort of a medley issue with a whole bunch of different artists in it, uh, we have the return of Wolverine Classic, yes. who makes his grand debut by cooling off a beer inside a frost giant. 
Oh, how awesome. Which is is amazing. Uh, Aaron wrote Wolverine for years in his own own book and in Wolverine versus the X-Men. Not versus. Wolverine and the X-Men, where he's heading up the Jean Grey school. Um, So if anybody is going to write him again, and not the old man Logan flavor, Aaron's the guy to do it. Uh, And then, teasing the return of Reed Reed and Sue Richards of the Fantastic Four. And Valeria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the kids are back. back. Well, I mean, she's the narrator. Yeah. We end up finding that out at the very end. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, Logan's back, so spoiler alert there, too. Yeah. But uh, now Valeria Richards is, is kind of the is, is the narrator of this story. Like, you don't know in the beginning, like, who, who the fuck is talking. Yeah. And I'm, the whole time, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, just, just so many moving parts. Aaron does a great job. And you were talking about really liking a medley of artists. Yeah. I do too, unless the transition is uh, when you're a good artist, it's not that big of a deal. But like when there's a like, um, I'm trying to think of what DC book they they've been doing that on, and it it was it was kind of jarring. Like it went from Kubert to to this guy to this guy, and it was like oh, it's just really so uneven. Contrast. Yeah, just really un- like. I should be reading the story and enthralled in the art, no matter who's doing it. Right. And and when I get to a part of the, or turn the page and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, like what happened? Uh, That's when it becomes a little, uh, you know, uh, discombobulating, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So I thought this was very good at doing that transition. And it's like I said, a cyber beak is so good it's kind of like, you know, me playing basketball next to Michael Jordan. You'd be like, what the fuck is that kid doing? Yeah. I mean, it's not really it's not really like that. I mean, it's it's very seamless, I thought. Sure. I mean, there are a couple outliers. Like, I think Chris Somney sticks out like a sore thumb because his art is very, like, it's it's very old school in how it's done. I mean, I love his art. Got it, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you when you put them in there with, in a mix of guys like uh, Dowderman, Eminem, Laraz, you know, guy, Chung, guys who draw mostly similar, I guess, yeah. you know, uh, even though it's all by the same colorist, which I right. think is also helps. also yes. amazing. Yes. Um, but, I can't, his name escapes me. Uh, he's done a lot of it's, shit. It's Matt, it's Matt Wilson. There you go. There yeah, you. Thank you. yeah, Matt yeah. I have. I mean, I have the issue in front of me. So um, oh, okay. Uh, now, was it, McNiven did some of this, right? McNiven, yeah, McNiven. Uh, actually, I don't. I don't think so. Oh yeah, Rib, uh, he, I think he may have inked over Ribic or something because it says it says Jason. It, it's billing Jason Aaron as the writer and artist mm-hmm. Assad Ribic with Steve McNiven. Okay. So I don't. Really, okay. I don't really know, but I haven't. I haven't been too uh, in love with his art lately. I think he needs a guy like Dexter Vines going over his pencils to really make it. Let me. Let me tell you. I'm gonna. You, you. You. You may solve it for you. Yeah. I. I solve it for you. Because I. I was a McNiven fan. Okay. And Big Sam lets me know all the time how stupid I am <laughs> because McNiven sucks. And Louisville boy, Jay Leaston. Okay, is the inker that usually only Steve McNiven will use. Like, you look at McNiven's good shit, it's all inked by Jay Leaston. Okay. If Jay Leaston is not working with Steve McNiven, it's not good. Yeah. I'm telling you. Like, Listen. he's a Louisville boy. He lives about five minutes down the street. 
uh, we go to the same comic book shop. Uh, great dude, and he's been a little busy lately doing other projects. And McNiven, I think, is is, is suffering. Because of that, I'll just say yeah. that. Well, you know, I, I give McNiven a lot of credit because now he's working shoulder to shoulder with a lot of guys who are doing that 3D modeling and trying to pass mm-hmm. it off as art these days. Right, right. Um, but you know, uh, to each their own. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to love every artist that's working for Marvel Comics. That's right. That's right. So, but yeah, Legacy, really like a very top of the heap kind of book. It's setting up all kinds of crazy stuff uh, in other in other books all across Marvel's line. Every book is pretty much getting renumbered to like classic numbering and all the numbering is pretty much wrong but whatever i don't really care <laughs> right yeah don't don't get caught up in yeah it. it's right. I, i'm like kind of surprised at how sloppy the editing is on the numbering with this but i mean i i appreciate the novelty you know sure what do you give it what score what score would you get it out of 10 i'm gonna give this uh i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Oh, an eight yeah okay well i mean when you it's more like a, i might be grading on a curve because it was definitely the best thing to come out of marvel that week Absolutely. But uh, far from perfect, but definitely enough to really get the juices flowing, get me excited for what Marvel's pumping out, which is something I think they they really, really needed uh, in, in, oh, recent, in recent years. Well, recent, <coughs> yeah, recent years. I think that's fair. I so. agree. Um, I gave it a 9.5. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Big man. I loved it. I loved, <laughs> I loved like I said, I'm a big Aaron fan. Uh, Asad Rebik, 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 however you say it. Yeah. I love him. Uh, I love them two together. I just like I said, I thought Aaron for for a single story issue, like I could give this to somebody, even with all the moving parts, and they go, "Holy shit! What I need to know more? What is this? What is this guy doing?" And let me ask you a question because I just I seen this in my notes just now. Yeah. When did uh, Falcon, Captain America, and Lady Thor become a thing? When did that fucking happen? I read that, Mighty Thor. I read Mighty Thor, and I've never seen him. They, yeah, he doesn't, tr- see, that's the funny thing, is that they, they, I recently reread all of Aaron's Thor run. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it first happens in Wade's Avengers, which they're on uh, together. I was about to say, it had, it had to have happened in the Avengers. Yeah, and that's it's also, it's also like, pretty confusing to me, too, because I'm so sure that in, in Sam's book, He's making out with Misty Knight sometimes. That's what I thought. Yeah, so I don't... Yeah. I'm not quite sure what the deal is there. I mean, I'm not saying... If, Ma- if I was Sam Wilson, I wouldn't be trying to do the same shit. Listen, I wouldn't but... I wouldn't two-time Thor. I'll tell you that much. No. I mean, no, 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 two-timing no. Misty Knight is one thing, because she's got a crazy-ass bionicle arm. But you, <laughs> right. you do not want to, like, turn tricks no. on Mjolnir, all right? <laughs> that ain't happening. No. I don't care if Hell you do have no. Cap Shield. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so eight point five or no, an eight. You gave it an eight. I gave it, I an gave eight. it a nine point five. Uh, check it out. It's that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a ranking from both of us. Yeah. Legacy number one. Check it out. Um, okay. Uh, I tell you what. I'm gonna do a book and then we're gonna get into the new stuff. Okay. Oh, I gotta I gotta do one one more from this week. But it's oh, also yeah. it's also Jason Aaron. But but you go ahead. Last week. Yeah, last week. Oh yes, I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, that's yeah. that's that's all good. That's all good for me. Yep. All right. I'm since we were talking about it so much, uh, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do two books really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I want to get this book out there is because I thought it was a money grab. And when I say money grab, because you're gonna hear me say it later on today, a money grab is when a uh, a, a comic company 
either like put two people together from another company. It's a shit story. It's usually shit art. And they're just doing it to capitalize on the popularity of a character. Okay. And uh, last week, Wonder Woman and Conan. Yeah. Um, I was like, what the hell is this about? And the reason I said that was, is because, don't get me wrong, I love, I, I love when two, two, like, characters that don't ever get a chance to come together come together. And Gail Simone, who is a, you know, I mean, she's probably done, the, the besides Greg Rucker, probably done the best job on Wonder Woman of all time. Yeah, and also like, probably she, the most prolific female author in comic books period absolutely yes and and she holds her own with anybody in the business so being a female aside she's just a fantastic writer right um and i'm like what two characters would really go together other than conan and wonder woman so i thought it was a uh it was just a, a fantastic issue it was not a money grab there's a really cool story i think in this now this is the beginning of the run one of, one of six one of six okay i was gonna say one of five okay one of six so i think it's a fantastic start conan is conan and you don't have to know anything about conan which who doesn't but if you got this book and it's like who the fuck is this guy you're gonna find out in the first four pages <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah i mean he is he does what he does man and you gotta love it and i haven't read a conan comic in so long it just it was very nostalgic for me and then he sees wonder woman now this is the question he she reminds him of somebody that he met a long time ago when he was a child and i'm not sure that it's not the same person and i think that's where this story is going so did they meet somewhere in their youth is going to be like the big thing to find out. But they're going to kick ass together. Conan finds her in a gladiatorial arena. Like she's not our Wonder Woman yet. She doesn't have the super strength. She doesn't have the ability of flight. Uh, but she's she's in a haze. And she even says that like I'm not sure who I am. Because Conan thinks he knows. So it was such, such a good first issue. I was like, holy shit. There's nothing like picking up a comic book thinking I'm going to buy it for like collector's purposes, okay? Because I do that shit too. I'm guilty. Uh, And then you read it and you're like, oh shit, this is fucking awesome. So I'm very, very excited uh, to see what, what happens next on Conan versus Wonder Woman. So, uh, my next book is, um, oh yeah, and I feel like I have to talk about it, and and I believe you read this one too, is Batman Murder Machine number one. Yes. Okay. Um, What was your first thoughts about it, Casey? Uh, Well, I wasn't looking forward to this one as much as I was like Red Death and Dawnbreaker, because it's Cyborg, and he's like the okayest member of the Justice League. (laughs) Right. I I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? Um, Well, I... uh, I the twist on it completely blew me away. Right. So a perfect example of not judging a book by its cover or its mediocre Elseworlds character. Um, right. It's it's Alfred. Right. It's, it's Cyborg Alfred. is kind of like a he's just kind of a bit part. 
like he's not really I mean he is but it's it's way more Alfred than I think it is Cyborg for me yeah oh 100% <clears throat> but no I, I thought this is uh, and, and Snyder gave kind of this this, this look in look uh, this insight uh, in his panel Snyder comes from a horror background like he's a horror writer yeah his, his one of his like most prolific early works was what American Vampire right exactly yes yeah. And he's very, very good at it. And, like, all of these, like, I know Frank Terreri is, is, is the writer on this. Scott came up with the origin stories for all these characters. Right. So these guys are writing, but Scott, you know, they're, they're Scott's creations. Sure. And this, this whole thing about Batman, Bruce, being broken by the death of Alfred and the links he goes to. Uh, like he he reaches out to Cyborg, like man, you've got to help me. And who has more daddy issues than Cyborg? Nobody. Right. Yeah, you know. So Batman, not not I'm not saying he manipulates him, but he plays on that. And then the Alfred protocols, which is actually that's what was so cool about this for me was the 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 continuity that even though it's kind of like it's not our Earth, okay, it's a, that one of the dark universe worlds. There was a lot of continuity in this, and the Alfred Protocols were actually, um, they were... They already um, exist? They already exist. What? But they, yes, the Alfred Protocols, I'm trying to look. I've got it wrote down here. Um, oh, yeah, dude, uh, uh, Barbatos, and I thought it was Barbados, <laughs> but it was Barbatos. Um, he's, he's, he's been back since 1989. Um, like he's been mentioned in Arkham Asylum, Serious House on Serious Earth. Okay. Um, that's the Grant yeah. Morrison. Yes. Uh, yes. Story. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Amadeus Arkham said he was haunted by a demon that drove him into insanity. That was Barbatos. Okay. Um, and Batman's went up against him before. Uh, and like I didn't know any of this, but like doing my research on this, I was like, holy shit, man, it's cool. Um, yeah, but the Alpha Protocols were actually to make Bruce remember who he was. They really didn't have, it was something that Alfred implemented to, for, for Bruce in case he lost his memory. But here it's kind of something different. Like it's How many backup memories of Batman does, does he have? Because like, he's got like Zur and R Batman and yes, all that other yes. wild stuff. Hey man. You, when you when you have a contingency for everything, you got a lot of this shit laying around. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, that's what makes him so fucking awesome. <laughs> but no, I really I really liked it. I thought uh, the art I thought was 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 really cool. It was creepy. Um, it, it was it was a good book. I'm like you. I was kind of not like I was wasn't hyped for this at all. But from the ones I've read so far, this might be my favorite uh, Dark Knight metal. Does that include this past week? Oh, yes. No. Fuck yeah. Listen, we're going to talk about Dawnbreaker in a hot minute, but that okay. is far and away my favorite of all these. So oh, far. my God. I hated it. Oh, all right. Well, here we go. <laughs> here Conf- we go. Conflict. We go. This, is my, this is my Nightwing moment. This, this is me it. breaking free of the sidekick <laughs> chains. <laughs> all right. Those are my two books. Now, you had a book that you wanted to bring up. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, and I know you're going to talk about so so far away. All right, so you haven't read Southern Bastards. No. Southern Bastards is, listen, I love Jason Aaron as much as the next guy. 
but a lot of stuff with him has been sort of sort of hit and miss with me overall. Okay. Like I love stuff like Scalped. Um, you know, oh his, yeah, Scalped yeah, is fantastic. His 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 Thor run I thought was it had its ups and its downs. Overall, I liked it a lot. I love his Wolverine. Um, but when I somebody first told me about Southern Bastards and they're like, oh, you know, it's about a it's about small town Alabama college football, you know, but it's it's sort of in the vein of Scalped, and I'm like. I don't know. Like, at least with Scalp, you got something interesting. Like, there's a history to Native American culture. You know, what it's, you know, I'm experiencing something I've never really known about before, like life on a reservation and, you know, all these, like, grand criminal conspiracies and stuff that's going on. And that book's awesome. If if you're listening and you haven't checked out Scalped, from beginning to end, it's just one solid, great, consistent ride. Southern Bastards is a book not only about the South, but it's also about high school football. And those are two things that, listen, I'm a guy who reads comic books in New York State. It couldn't be further (laughs) from my wheelhouse. Right, right. But I sunk my teeth into it, and man, is it a hell of a ride. This guy, Coach Boss, he runs the high school football team, the Running Rebs, and he's into organized crime. He's into, you know, trying to play an honest game, but when the tide's turning and his team's not going to make the playoffs, he plays dirty. But he runs the town. Nobody will stand up against him. He's got, like, he's got, like, legitimate enterprises. And one guy named Earl Tubb returns to this town after years of being away, and he's trying to, like, inspire the town to rise up against him. Right. Does not go well. But the fallout from that completely changes the tide of everything that's going on. Okay. If you love Southern culture, if you like yeah, even the most peripheral of stuff related to football, this is a fantastic comic. They have recipes for fried food at the end of, like, every other issue. <laughs> okay? That's awesome. I mean, Aaron's from Alabama, and, and it's drawn entirely, except for maybe one or two fill-ins by Jason Latour. Because he's working on other stuff. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Doing, Latour's um, awesome. Latour's been doing... Uh, Spider Girl or Spider Gwen, off and on too, right? Uh, yes. Something. Yes. He's. I mean, look, he's an artist who's in demand, and he's got a full plate. So them doing this creative thing on the side is is. I'm I'm lucky enough to have it, but they're they're two guys who grew up in the South, and you know, for good or for bad, they're doing something that represents you know their roots. Right. And I think that that's awesome. But I. Travis, you got to read it, man. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Um, it's it's something that everybody tells me, especially because I've been such an Aaron fan. Uh, yeah. They're like, how have you not read this yet? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just one of those things. You, know? I, well, you can't have, read everything. I can't read everything. But what's fucked up is, is I have two of the trades in my in my room right now. Like, oh, I've got, no. the, I got volume one and volume two. Boy, y'all got no excuse. I got no excuse. I got no fucking <laughs> excuse at all, man. Read it on the John. Yeah. Oh, shit. Where else do you read at? I mean, shit. That's where I read fucking everything at, man. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm going to read it. Uh, it looks fantastic. And and like I said, I, Aaron, he does. You said that, you know, he's been kind of hit or miss for you. Um, I can only think of a few things that. You know, that just weren't even, like, everything's great to me. It's just some shit's like, oh, my God, this is fucking awesome. And, ah, uh, man, that wasn't so good. You know well, what I mean? Did, like, that well, was read. Awesome. I'm I'm sure that you read um, Original Sin, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Did you, did you really like that? No. 
Um, yeah. See, it, well, there you it, go. It was there okay. <laughs> it, it was okay. I love his dialogue, and I I feel like he knows. He just knows these characters so well, and I yeah. always feel like he's going to do whatever character he's writing justice. I didn't like the story. I didn't like the villains. Uh, it all just seemed it so studio picture. It me. was crazy. It was it was, it was just weird. Way like, out there. like Dr. Midas and the orb, like killing yes. the watcher. I'm yeah. like, come on. Come on. Man. I don't know. Yeah. I, you I, know, but on the other hand, he wrote like like Astonishing Spider Man and Wolverine, which is like the craziest friggin' six issues of that team up you'll ever read. Exactly. Yeah, oh, right, man. right. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I really just I I, I just I, I like him. Um Hey, he's he's one of my favorites. But I'm definitely yeah. gonna read Southern Bastards. So give it give it a score. Give it a score. I'm get well. The latest issue. Uh, this would be Southern Bastards number eighteen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give an eight point five out of ten. Um, wow. Okay. No, you know what? I'm gonna give it. An, I'm gonna give it a nine. Because you know what? It's it's go. got a. Yeah, it's got a guest artist. It's by Chris Brunner this time, who I believe is the son of legendary artist Frank Brunner, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't know that. I could. I could be mistaken. Frank Brunner was a guy who did. He might draw the best Doctor Strange of all time. I'm going to be real with you. But uh, oh wow, okay, yeah. Chris Brunner does a fill in on this issue, and it's about Earl Tubbs' daughter, and it's a it's part flashback, part modern. Her trying to figure out the conspiracy behind what happened to her father in the small town, but everything about this is a cool. It's a done in one, which I always love. Right. I, I love me some done in ones. Yeah, I do too. Um. But it's just a very, it's a solid issue from beginning to end. Not a great jumping on point, but then I feel like a, a book like this you have to read from the start to really appreciate it. Right. Um, on its own, though, as a single issue, fantastic. Oh, good. I mean, that's, to me, that's, I, I like to talk a lot about those on the show because, it, you know, I'm trying to get people to the comic book shop and a, a good single issue, like, where you're not like, what the fuck is going on? Did I have to read the first 20 of these to even know what the fuck's going on here? You know, yeah. I, you don't need that. Like good well, here, action, a, yeah. good art. You know, keep keep. If it was a TV show and I just happen to sit down and turn it on, keep me entertained and let me find let me find something to hook onto and say, oh my god, I want to find out what happens to this guy. I don't even know nothing about him, but I, I need to know more. You know. Yeah. If you if you're looking for for a, an issue to give you a good taste of what this, the entire series is about, this one will do you. Okay. Yes. That's, yeah. That's, that's it's got it's the the language, the the violence, the the pacing of the story, the you know the dynamics, like just how the the story you know goes from panel to panel and sequence. Right. It's it's totally Aaron, and it's 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 totally good. Okay. Good. I'm definitely yeah. gonna check it out. Definitely yes. checking it out. Um. All right. You want to get into the new stuff? Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got first? Uh, we talking more Batman? Or are we yeah, saving it for the end? No. Let's talk Batman. All right. Let's do it. We, this this is... week we got Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy, uh, and Batman Dawnbreaker, the continuation of the Dark Knight's Metal saga. All right. That's what I got. I think there's probably more Batman. Oh, there's but, all kinds uh, of Batman. Oh, wait, video feeds out again. Oh, wait, no, it's back. It's back. Okay, we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. I think we're good. Cool. Yep. All right. Um, what did what, you think? You liked it. Uh, wh- which one do you want to do first? We'll do Dawnbreaker. We're, we're we'll do Dawnbreaker. We're doing Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker I loved. Dawnbreaker terrified the bejesus out of me, and I think 
it's it's great. You're not going to get a more definitive modern Green Lantern artist, maybe other than Ivan Reyes with Ethan Van Skyver who draws this issue. Um, he did Green Lantern Rebirth back in like '04. He did mm, the first arc or so of Jeff Johns' new Green Lantern. He did uh, Sinestro Core War. Um, so he's uh, he's he's definitely on the money. Oh yeah. Uh, when it comes to Green Lantern stuff. Oh, video doesn't have me anymore. By the way. Okay. I don't know if you want to uh, double check that while I while I go over this a little bit. Yeah, but, go ahead. Um, yeah. So. Uh, this starts off on Earth minus 32 uh, in the dark multiverse, where as soon as Bruce's parents are shot in the alley by Joe Chill, the Green Lantern ring floats over to him. Bruce Wayne, you have the ability to overcome great fear. As a kid, we're talking an eight-year-old boy with his parents dead in the alleyway. He manages to pour so much willpower into the ring that he completely overrides the the no kill lethal force rule right okay yep and beyond that he breaks the ring and taps into this thing called the void which is almost like the dark force part of like out of marvel where it's just like this big ass shadow dimension and he just completely vaporizes joe chill like (laughs) like just mulches the guy like he's like barely a skeleton when he's done yeah uh and yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, and and I mean, like, he freaks out, and then he just kind of goes on this career rampage as Green Lantern of this universe. Like, he he kills all the, the Bat family. Like, he throws... He, I, he pretty much throws all of his guys into space. Like, we see him, he throws Scarecrow into space, he throws the Penguin into space, he lets the Penguin get completely blitzed by meteorites <laughs> in Earth's upper atmosphere. Yeah. Like, it's it's nuts. And, you know, for years, like, you know, you toy with this thing where Jim Gordon really knows who, you know, Batman is, no matter the, con- you know, the continuity. Right. But he never really brings it up because, you know, he doesn't want to compromise himself or his relationship with Batman, you know, the working thing that they have. Right. In this, he calls, uh, you know, Green Lantern Bruce Wayne out, and he immediately turns around blasts him to bits and is like it's too bad your daughter will grow up without a father like it's so it's so evil it, it is and then he kills the entire green lantern corps yes i mean just back to back that's what happens yeah you know before getting roped in with uh, the man who laughs and the rest of the uh you know the evil batman but uh yeah i, I mean i i just love this issue he's Dawnbreaker Batman is friggin' terrifying. What'd you give it? I'm giving this one... I'm giving this... I'm giving this an 8.5. An 8.5. I really... I like this a lot. I... You know, for me, the whole metals thing is is working out because I don't know if there's anything better when it comes to Batman than Elseworlds. Hmm. Okay. I, yeah. And we'll, we'll get to this when we talk about White Knight. Mm-hmm. Because I want to definitely hear your thoughts about it. Yeah. But I, I do, I do want to say, I feel like every, like if you give somebody a list of the best Batman stories of all time that aren't Year One, they're basically all Elseworlds books. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah good. So, do you consider Killing Joke Elseworlds book just? Well, did it, did Killing Joke actually happen in continuity? Like, I'm not even sure anymore. Uh, I would I, say probably. I, I was, I was, 
I feel like that's the reason it's the definitive Joker, Joker origins because it is continuity. Right. Um, um, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just curious. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, okay. I wouldn't consider that one Elseworlds, but I mean, you know, you said yourself, you'll give Dark Knight Returns to anybody who's even remotely interested in comics. But, but, I mean, Dark Knight Returns is, is considered continuity, it's just in the future. I mean, uh, is it? No, no it can't be. There's too no, many things kidding. that are, get out, get, come on. <laughs> no, I'm just Wait, kidding. Don't, I don't mess with me. They've, you. Good job. They've rebooted the multiverse too many times. I don't know anymore. <laughs> right. I know. See, I mean, we Watch even get canonical now. Uh, Anything goes. Let, let me. All right. Now I'm going to tell you what I thought about. Uh, I, the, I did oh, a pros man. and cons because, like I said, we were, we were, I, I usually write reviews out more than this, but since we were yeah. kind of in a bind today, I did, I did pros and cons. Okay. Now sure. these are initial reactions. Pro. Hal Jordan looks like a total fucking punk. <laughs> Pro, Faybox cover. Faybox yeah. cover was fantastic. Hell yes. Uh, I love, 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 love Jason Faybox. Uh, and if you've ever, if you ever heard the episode where he and I met at a con and I actually got the, the secret, his secret um, story out of him, like I busted him, Sam was there, busted him out. He didn't know what to do. It was kind of funny. But I love Faybach. I think Faybach is one of the one of the best artists in the business. One of the rising stars. Yeah, uh, Van Scribner's art. Uh, again, if he is the definitive Green Lantern artist, no one draws like Green Lantern constructs like Van Scribner does, and that is was a very very cool part of this book. Is like the like you said that dark the the uh, the void the like void. when he was channeling the void uh, out of the ring it just was creepy they're monsterish looks just really it looks it looks fantastic uh, I love the horror aspect I love the blood and gore it, it leads to the whole horror feel of these all these dark night dark world books uh, and the, the the coolest thing I thought was zombie Martha and Thomas Wayne. We love you so Oh, my God. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, it, yeah, because, like, it, it, if you haven't read it yet, when he gets, when he overpowers the ring and he kills, uh, you know, kills, I guess, Joe Chill or whoever it was that killed his parents. Yeah. Um, and he, he makes the ring, like, he, he commands the ring to bring him back to life. Well, yeah, because bra- of course he would do that. He's yeah, it was. Yeah, he's that year old kid. He would. Uh, and they come back as like like zombies, like black lanterns almost. So yeah. f- pretty pretty cool. All right, that's kind of where it falls apart for me. Uh-oh. Uh I just felt like, for one thing, why is it Batman? Like it's a Dark Lantern story. Like the whole story that they gave to be uh, the reason he's Batman. You know what I mean? That like yeah. that three panels, that was stupid to me. Like I'm like, yeah, that's you, you know, you didn't you didn't, it didn't have to. It, I already know, so you don't have to explain it and then do it so poorly. I thought that was bad. Um, yeah. Bruce, an eight year old boy, as badass as Bruce Wayne is, you're not gonna find a bigger Batman fan than me. Okay. Eight-year-old Bruce like Wayne. Like, literally or, or like, metaphorically? Uh, both. Because you are we're, a pretty big We're going to go both ways. 
Uh, no, no, because Sam, because Sam likes Batman too. Uh, so he's bigger than me. But uh, an eight-year-old Bruce Wayne is not going to overpower one of the most powerful weapons in the DC universe. Yeah. I don't give a shit how distraught and tore up he is. They just seen his parents murdered. I thought I was like, oh man! I'm like, trust me, I'm reading the comic book, so I have to dis. Dis, uh, dispend the belief just a little bit, but I didn't. I just didn't like that. I thought it could have been. It could have been told better. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, um, it's like a quick and easy excuse. Yeah, yeah. To make it, it happen, it, it was a quick and easy excuse to make it happen. It just like the whole him being a Batman, you know. Yeah. And then, and then the next scene, you see him in the cape and cow because of the, of the of falling in the cave. You know what I mean? Now we know that because we're Batman fans. Uh, yeah. And I just, I thought, you know, I don't know. There were things about it I liked, obviously. There were things about it I didn't. I gave it a seven, uh, which isn't horrible. Like, I, I know I said earlier, I was like, oh, it's terrible. Uh, it's not horrible, but it is definitely behind. Um, Murder De- Machine and Red Death. Yeah, and, and Red Death. That was what I was trying to think of. Yeah, it was de- yeah. it's definitely behind those for me. Well, I still think Red Death is like the bar yet to be hit. I mean,. You know, in terms of, like, really outrageous, true-to-form Batman, you know, taking the power of another hero kind of deal. Out of these but, three, I agree. Like this, he doesn't even really swipe it from Hal Jordan or anything. All the other ones, he's kind of, no. he kind of does steal no. it from the original hero. No, and then, and then when, the, when the lanterns show up, you're like, oh, shit, it's all now. Yeah, no, one not panel. Really ain't. Done. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's like he's way OOP. Uh, yeah. Even as eight year old Bruce, he's just OP for me. And, but you know what they're trying to do is they're, they're it's a you know it's a self contained story. They have to tell this origin to get him to come into you know uh, Earth Zero DC Universe. Uh, but now I'm kind of like holy shit, if he did this in in Earth thirty two, what the fuck is he going to do now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this dude's is tough. I mean he he could fight the entire Justice League by himself. Yeah. From the way this issue went, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, everything you said is is spot on. The horror aspect and, and, and the R and everything, it's just, it's really good. It is good. I mean, a seven is not bad. Like, no. a seven is still a, a, a good A book. seven is, you should definitely still pick this book up. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, all the metal books, and like you said, I was very hesitant about this whole metal series. Uh, I thought they were going to be money grabs. I'm not going to lie. And so far, they haven't been. They've gave us some some quality books uh, for the money. All right. Uh, you want to go White Knight? We're doing White Knight. We're doing White Knight. White Knight. You want to talk about maybe the best Batman thing this week? Yeah. Maybe, maybe art-wise. Oh, man. Oh, Sean Murphy is the Sean Murphy shit. killing it. He's shit. Yes. Yeah, if you haven't been exposed to him, listener, pick up Joe the Barbarian, pick up Tokyo Ghost. Yes. This guy, killing it on everything he does, from detail to expression to environments to just creative ideas on panel. Yes. Like, he he's tr- like he should have a modern master's book about him, he, I, I honestly I, believe. I told, I've, I've said that before. Like, he's that good. I, I know I, I really gagged on you know Asar Ribic earlier. Like I, I love Fabok. Like, yeah, look, we, yeah. We love a lot of artists. Sure, there's a lot of great guys working in the medium these days. There, there really is. And what what's what's so awesome about this is 
He's not only write or drawing it, illustrating it. He's writing this, and that's oh, what yeah. he doesn't get credit for. Uh, what is it? A punk rock Jesus. It, it, you know, read punk rock Jesus. Um, it, it, that that is something that he illustrated and wrote also, and it was it was excellent. Yeah. Have, have, oh, yeah. have you read it? No, I haven't. But it's. I mean, wh- it wasn't out. that one of the things that really like? What was that? Uh, like 20, 2011, 2012? He it was comic book he of did? the year. Yeah, and like oh my he, god, he won that one comic book of the year, and he won creator of the year for that. Uh, so yeah, so it's a, it's a good book. Check that out. But no, he's doing a, a, a Batman White Knight here. What did you uh, What did you think? Oh man, well, like I was saying, any Elseworlds story with Batman is almost guaranteed to get me to take a look at it. I've read countless ones over the years. Sure. Gotham by Gaslight, you know, uh, Thrill Killer, the one where he's a vampire, which might actually just be called Batman Vampire. Um, yeah, yeah, but. Whenever you take a twist on Batman either going too far or coming back after retirement, something like that, it's it's always, it's just enough of a twist where the story is kind of believable. But here, it's not as much as Batman going over the edge and going too far than it is the possibility of a Joker redemption, which is huge because I haven't really seen that. Like you see that in stuff like Earth 3 right. or like an antimatter kind of Earth where he's been good all along, he's just some kind of goofy clown. Right. But, you know, halfway through the story here when he's recovering from Batman jamming a million possible cure pills down his throat, right. which is so brutal and so vicious like mm. it's it's awesome. But, you know, he comes back normal skin normalish features he's, you know he's cured the first yeah he's pretty much cured leslie thompson gives him the full workup although i wouldn't necessarily trust her yeah. abilities based on what we've seen in the past with stuff like spoiler and whatnot yeah, but but, um, but you know we don't know we don't know these characters right uh we're, we're basing these are these characters on assumptions that we like we know would with any else worlds right yeah exactly right like this this tompkins may be uh dr fear or uh, you know, uh, for, oh, for all can we you know. Imagine? Yeah, that I mean, would be sweet. Yeah, we, yeah, we but, yeah, but this book has got. I mean, it's got all your. It's got pretty much everybody in it. It's got. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's Mayor Hill because there's so many Batman the Animated Series references in here. Right, right. It really is. Uh, you know, you've got Jim Gordon, you've got Bullock, you've got uh, Montoya. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your classic GCPD roundabout of people, but you've also got Batgirl. You've got Nightwing. Yep. As Nightwing. Right. Um, you know, Batman, Alfred. So it's got, you know, all the characters you're familiar with, but the first thing that the Joker does once he's cured is he starts working on his case. You know, which is the kind of thing you'd see in something like Shawshank or any other, you know, prisoner wrongly imprisoned or or what have you. Um, But his redemption is... The Joker's redemption is going so far that not only is he trying to work his own case and, you know, redeem himself in the eyes of the law and the eyes of the public, he's aiming to be the white knight of Gotham. Something, and I quote, better than the Joker and better than the Dark Knight. Right. It's a it's a great splash page to end the comic with. Oh, man, it's so beautiful. And it, I couldn't be more excited for what's to come next. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. What a great first issue. Uh, yes. I loved it. Um this is now like when I wrote these down. These, uh, you know, like sometimes you read something 
and you marinate. It like it marinates on you. And yeah. I always feel like a good comic is like I keep thinking about it. And and that's like my initial score, I'm looking at it. I'm not even gonna tell you what it was. Uh okay. but I was like, man, fuck, I can't believe I initially gave it this score. But this is what I wrote down. Uh y'all, y'all the pros. I did my pros and casting again. Sean Murphy yep. art. Uh it didn't really oh, it, yeah. it doesn't get any better than that. It's worth it alone, even yes. if there were no words in this Egg, comic. That's exactly what I was about to say. If you pick so this good. up for nothing other than the fucking artwork, you got more than your money's worth. Um, I like it that it's taken out of continuity. Like you said, we're getting a fresh look at a Joker story. I've never seen a Joker redemption story before. So yep. that alone is also worth picking up. Um, let's see. Okay. Now... <laughs> I love the failed comedian take with Jack Napier, which, you know, is from the very first, you know, the Tim Burton Batman movie. 1989 Batman. What a great reference, you know, like what a great throwback to that. And they're kind of taking the killing joke uh, take on the Joker as being a failed comedian. I I thought that was really cool. I dig that. Uh, Now, this is now this is where my cons come in. Uh, This, but it's actually now that I think about it, and I've marinated. It's a pro, and it's a pro from a storytelling standpoint. I feel like, yeah, this is this is where, uh, okay, all great stories a lot of times are mirrored in our own society in our own reality. Okay, I feel like that's exactly what Sean Murphy's doing here, because it, you can't turn on the TV nowadays without seeing a police brutality case and then you've got a video that you see this side of the video and you're like what the fuck was this cop thinking and then you get the whole story and you're like what was the cop supposed to do you know i mean how many times why is he just standing there why is he just standing there i'd kick that motherfucker's ass you know what i mean oh my god this cop got shot because he didn't use uh, enough force to uh, obt- sustain this this uh, perpetrator, uh, and now you've got Batman, who's on tape, beating the dog snot out of fucking Joker, and oh, he's so brutal. He's done all this other stuff to get to Joker. There's a chase scene where he's destroyed houses by riding on the rooftops. A la Dark Knight Returns. Over pedestrians. Yes, yes. Uh, he pushes a cop out of the way that was just trying to help him, and and then he's on video beating the shit out of him as Joker says he's trying to uh, turn himself in. He's, which, he's found a cure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's 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 another kind of cool caveat to the story is they led him to this warehouse where the FDA is just getting rid of drugs. But we don't know what they do. But the Joker did, evidently. You know, it's like he right, kind of... because he's a, he's a chemical genius. Yeah, he's a chemical genius. And even though they're saying he's like, you know, Leslie Thompson gives him work up and he's he's a genius, he's, he's testing off the charts, Joker's always been a genius. He's just been right. nuts. And we really haven't seen that side of him. Um, but so I, I, I kind of felt like I get so pissed off about everybody being so fucking sensitive. Oh, you don't want to get shot by a cop? Just do what the fuck he says. You know what I mean? Uh, when he says put yeah. his hands up, put your fucking hands up. When he says stop moving, just stop fucking moving. Uh, and, and I feel and like... Especially when that when the cop, quote-unquote, in question is freaking Batman. It, exactly. I mean, 
you better stop. You better fucking stop. Uh, so, again, you know, I kind of was like a little irritated by this. But now that I've marinated on it, I feel like that's a, just a, a, a component of great story writing was you're mirroring society and how, how everybody's feeling. Uh, but now, did you get this? Now, I recently watched this because I have a nephew and it's like his favorite fucking movie. But as I was reading this story, I could not get the parallels out of my head. Uh, Lego Batman. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, for sure. Um, How Joker, you're thinking that that whole like that quasi romantic relationship between Batman me. and the Joker? You need yeah. me. That's uh, that's what the Joker's here. He's like, dude, I'm giving you a chance to be the good guy here. You know, yeah. and Joe, the Batman the whole time's like, he ain't buying it. He ain't buying it. He ain't buying it. No. It's just it was just like in Lego Batman. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I'm surprised that that's that's the one that that first came to your mind rather than Dark Knight Returns because Dark Knight Returns is the first story that gives us that whole Batman darling it, thing. No, it, it no, it is, and especially with him riding the Batmobile on top of rooftops. Yes, that that yeah, that you could tell. Like he, Sean Murphy has taken all these movies and and done something pretty amazing with it in this very first issue. Yeah. Uh, I won't harp on it no more. You gotta read it for yourself because we gotta we gotta point out one page though. Yeah, the page where the Joker first he wakes up in his in his cell. Yeah, and it's covered with all the the Batman memorabilia. Yes, all the toys. Too too many references to count. There is oh. an action figure of the Nicholson Joker. There is a poster of the scene where Batman and the Joker laugh together yep. at the end of the Killing Joke. Yep. There's an anim- there's like three animated series busts. There's an animated series poster. There, there's a there's Joker the... with the long gun, like yeah. from the first uh, from the first Batman movie. Every Batmobile you can think of sitting on the desk, but most prominently the one from Returns, yes. which is probably the best Batmobile. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just so like just so many little Easter eggs, and it's just a real testament to Murphy's attention. <laughs> it is, man. I mean, this, like the the muted colors and everything. It's just it oh, works so so well. The way he draws Gotham City, it, oh, it yeah. may be my favorite. Like I, I I will have to like research that and see, but like I just I love it the way he makes the buildings and the just the the shading. His use of contrast. I mean, it's he's just he's phenomenal. I mean, we. Yeah. I mean, if you've gotten anything out of this show tonight. It was Sean Murphy is the shit. Sean Murphy fucking rules. 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 Um, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to say what my uh, initial score was because I'm embarrassed of it now. But uh, I'm giving it, I'm going to give it a nine. Me too. Oh, wow. A, a, okay. clean, a clean nine out of ten. Clean nine out of ten. Easily yeah. a nine. Uh, I, I, I might could have went more. If you ask me tomorrow... I might, I might give it a higher score. I mean, but you would definitely say it's the best book that you read this week. Uh, it's the yes. Uh, let me go ahead and say, Blazing Defender pick of the week. Okay, pick of the week. Uh, White Knight, Batman number one. Um, what else do you? What else do you have? Uh, I got in my list. I read. Uh, I got Astonishing X Men. I got. I mean, everything else is pretty much on the Marvel side of things. I didn't actually read any of the indies this week. Okay, you know what? I didn't either. Now that you say that. Yeah. Uh, I got I, t- I got Darth Vader, I got Astonishing X-Men, I got... Uh, 
I got Star Wars. I got a couple of things. Okay, let let's uh since we both did Darth Vader, let's do Darth Vader together, and then yeah. you pick a book, and then I'll pick a book, and we'll wrap it up. All right, sounds good. All right, Vader, Vader number Vader. six, coming hot off of uh, Vader fights a the totally most badass Jedi oh, I've ever seen God. in a comic book in, in, in a jet or master in in fila in fila yeah something like that. Something fairly close to infidel. Yeah. <laughs> Very. I mean, close. that's kind of Very what he close. was. I mean, he took the Jedi rite of passage, where he, you know, fucks off to some planet somewhere and basically trains for the the day of reckoning of the Jedi. Dude. And Vader cheated. He fucking cheated. Well, he's I a mean, bad guy. Know, of course, he cheated. I know, but man, I didn't want. I don't know. I hope to God that dude's not dead. I hope <laughs> he shows up somewhere. He's a bad motherfucker, man. He was awesome. Nah, man. When, That's when not even Vader this issue, you. guys. We're not even talking yeah. about this issue. We're, We're talking, talking about, the last arc. This has been, like, I love the first Vader series. I, I thought it was, like, it was one of my favorite th- favorite titles of the year last year, 2016. This series, this Vader series here, I think I'm going to like it more than the last yeah. series. This was the Vader book I always wanted. The, la- the last one was fine because it was between episodes four and five. Yeah. And that's, that's like, an okay-ish period in Star Wars. That's, mm-hmm. like, when you get cool stuff like, you know, what used to be Splinter of the Mind's Eye and whatnot. Right. But this is the Jedi Purge. And if you've ever read any of the Dark Horse Vader books, uh, this is where, like, 90% of his shit takes place. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, this, and this him, creates the yeah. character. Yeah. Him hunting down Jedi, defeating what Order 66 missed. Right. So it's 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 the Vader book I've wanted my entire life yeah, every, as an ongoing. If you're a Vader fan, it's the book you've waited your entire life for. That's what I tell guys. Like I can't believe I went to see. Um, are you there still, there, Casey? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. You can hear me? Uh, yeah. Well, I seen your mouth moving in the video, but it, it was just a lag, um, oh. and there was no sound. Um, I went oh. to go see a Force Awakens, and we're you know, we're all kind of having some drinks before the movie. And uh, I'm telling these guys about, you know, the Marvel comics. And they're yeah. like, what is this? What's going on? Where did you read that at? What did he yeah. do? And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? You guys are these fucking crazy Star Wars fucking fans. This shit's canon, yo. This shit yeah. could be in the movie down the road. No, no excuses anymore. No it's excuses. Like if, you th- if you thought the last like two minutes of Rogue One were the best thing you've oh. ever seen in Star Wars, bro, you gotta read these yeah, Vader comics. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, it was a dope scene for cinema, but I'm I'm reading this shit every month, and he's kicking yeah. fucking. How ass. often do you get to see Vader do fucking backflips off of waterfalls Dude. and shit in the movies? Right. Never, never. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this this story here. He Vader has his has his crystal, has his lightsaber, and for for those that don't know, which fucking shame on yourself, but read it. The, these, that first trade yes. coming out probably soon. Yes, very soon. But these Kyber crystals, uh, they bleed. The dark side is can can make these sentient crystals bleed. And that's what gives the Sith lightsaber its red color, which is so cool. Uh, and they really go into depth with it here, especially this last issue. Really took it out of Vader. Uh, and that's where we, we pick up in here. This issue is Vader is basically convalescing. Yeah. 
just messed up in the tank. Right. Yeah, uh, getting ready to... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say is, you know, Palpatine's like, the droids are going to fix your armor. And then even though he's in the tank, he feels Vader's anger. Like, I don't want those fucking droids fixing my you armor. You get this panel of his eyes. Yes, yes. And it's so cool. And I've been very, let me just say this, I've been very critical of the artwork in this uh, because... Yeah. I haven't liked the way the artist has drawn Vader's armor. Like they, they make him very rounded where I think Vader is very, should be very angular and jagged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It, you want to talk about stuff that's like really fucking hard to draw. Right. Darth Vader's armor. Right. I mean, I don't care if you're a professional and amateur or whatever, just something about the geometry of his helmet, the way that he carries himself, it's not the easiest thing in the world to draw. No, it's not. And, and, and like I said, I feel like I've been hypercritical of this guy, but what he has done very, very well, and there's a page here where he's fighting the Inquisitor, which we'll get to that, yeah. but in yep. the Jedi Temple, and the, he's already like he's already putting, putting down, and you know he was like, uh, oh man, what does he say? He said, no one will defy me now. There's no one left. And Vader, like, pushes him to the for- force, pushes him to the ground, and stands over top of him. And it's just like a black silhouette where you see the glare of Vader's eye and the red lightsaber. And he says, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> and oh, yeah. So good, man. Uh, yes. So he, do- he does contrast really, really well. and uses the, the use of black on- in Vader's suit really well. But uh, let's yeah. talk about the Inquisitor, because this dude was badass. Yeah. So the Inquisitor first showed up in, in the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Right. Um, and we didn't really know, we didn't really get too much of his backstory in that show. Um, we knew that he was very much a scholar. We later find out that he was like a, a previous Jedi Temple Guard. Um, but here, this is, I guess, the, the earliest taste of what we see of him. Yeah, because um, Palpatine's promised him... Uh, that he could have these secrets in the Jedi Temple. The Jedi, the Jedi Archives. Yeah. That's what made him yeah. mad. That's where he got really salty with the Jedi Order is because they they were keeping certain certain knowledge away from certain people. And he didn't like that, which I'm not saying I would either. But uh, no. that really pissed him off and kind of like started to turn him toward Palpatine yeah. in the dark side. Yeah, it was enough to put him over. Yeah. Not not quite a full Sith, but a member of this newly founded Inquisitorius. Yeah, the Inquisitorius. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. How badass is this dude's weapon? Yes. I mean, like, it's... besides Darth Maul, maybe the coolest Star Wars weapon we've seen. Well, he has he has the Darth Maul moment in this because he lights it up one by one in each panel. He, he does, does? You know, left side, right side, and then he spins it. But then it whirls when it starts to whirl. I was like, oh, because I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. It's kind of a throwback to Maul. I get it. Yeah. Well, not really a throwback because this happened first. But no, no it this, didn't. I'm sorry. That's right. No, that's it correct. Didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't happen first. But you're right. Trust, trust your feelings. Trust your feelings, young Jedi. <laughs> but when it starts to spin, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking sweet." Yeah, because you think like, "There's no way Vader's fast enough to keep pace with this." No, no way. 
Like, he's a giant, strong-ass fucking robot man, but, like, come on, this thing is a friggin', it's a saw, it's a lightsaber saw saw blade. blade. Right, exactly. And it's like, this fight, you're, I mean, this dude is, I ain't gonna say kicking Vader's ass, but he's toe-to-toe. He wall, he wall checks him. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he tells Vader, it's over, I've beat you. And then it's, and uh, then Vader just, (laughs) he's just like, he sticks his lightsaber right through the center of it and just whips it up. Yeah. And com- just completely wrecks his shit in one move. Yeah, he says, now I have you, fool. And Vader goes, you have nothing. You have nothing. I was simply testing my armor. And then the dude's like, oh, what? <laughs> and Vader's fucking... Oh. That was so awesome, man. Yes. And then he's just ready to fucking mulch the Oh, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting ready to take him out. And then Palpatine intervenes... Lord Vader, stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it when I read this and I hear Palpatine's voice in my head. It's just that's it's a, the That's best. a testament to Charles Soule's writing, man. He's killing it on this Killing part. it. Charles Soule, man, is... I ain't want to say he's underrated because he's a superstar. I mean, he's done yeah. several good things. But it's just like this shit that he's pumping out lately is just so, so good. And he has their voices down. But, yes. but then we, we find out that Palpatine... Basically called the dude in, and he kind of orchestrated this little... He set him up. He set him up. Because it's Palpatine, and that's all that he that's does. all that he does. Everything's a test. And I love when Vader goes, if he would have beat me, would he be sitting right here beside you? Yeah. And basically Palpatine's like, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> like... Yeah. It didn't well, happen, the, so... The better, the better part of that is, he is like, not only is he like, don't worry about it, but he goes, was there really any chance that you would have been defeated? Right. And he's just like, no. He just would have hit him with the flat, <laughs> no. Because of course. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, Vader looks like his next test is uh, the last page, and we get this meek-looking old, old lady kind of sitting there drinking her coffee. Yeah, do you know who she is? I have no idea who she is. Originally, I if I didn't read solicitations for the stuff coming up, I would have thought she would have been maybe like the Dark Woman, who is a, a, a Jedi that is almost like a sorceress, like that they fought in um, in Legends once. It was like back in Star Wars Tales. It was awesome. Okay. Um, but this is actually the librarian from um, the Temple? Attack of the Clones. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she was apparently spared... In Order 66 for a very specific reason. I don't know what that is yet. Again, I'm just going off of, like, solicitations and interviews with Soul. Right. But um, that's who that is. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Good Good to know. Uh, good, cool insight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've seen her, and I'm like, who's this? But she's she's obviously somebody. So very, yeah. very excited to see where this series goes. Uh, it, it's been so, so good. It's, like, one of the few titles when I see it on the show, like, today. Like, I had a huge week today. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm picking books up. I'm like, fuck, this is going to cost me arm and leg. And then, like, Vader was down the bottom shelf, and I, I was still excited. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, Vader's out. You know, so, yeah, very, yeah. very excited to see Vader. All right, what was your, uh, all right, we got one book apiece. What do you got? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> this is tough. Um, well, let's give a quick mention of Punisher Platoon. Okay. For the uh, the fellas the fellas in the feed who may be huge ass Punisher sure. fans, um, this was solid, but you know I, I just feel like it's it's more of the same. It's Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov doing Punisher again, which is, which uh, is hard to just beat. like 
It's hard to beat. It's a it's a it's a really great team. I mean, nobody gets the Punisher better than than Garth nobody. Ennis. Um, and it's a uh, it's his first tour in Nam. All the other stuff we've ever seen with him in Born and Valley Forge, Valley Forge, and other Punisher stories have always been the end of the war. What you know when he makes the deal with the mysterious voice inside him and becomes the Punisher. Um, but this is his first tour, so it's something a little okay, different. Okay, well now, did you ever read the Max series about Punisher's yeah. tour? Okay, well now that was in oh, Nam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But not his first tour. Okay, yeah, I, I can't read He was him. apparently okay. there for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he was like, yeah, he might have been even a Master Sergeant then. Uh, something, and, and, but he's okay. he's completely green going into gotcha. this. And he just happens to be a fucking big-ass man. Okay. Yeah, he is a fucking yeah. beast. Uh, okay, um, and that was, and that's, is that a number one? That's a number one. Okay, I did not get that this week. So it's just, it's, is it, it pun, just Punisher number one? It's Punisher the Platoon number the one. The Platoon number one. Okay. Well, yeah. fuck. If I didn't spend enough money today, I, I guess I gotta get one more. Yeah, well, you know, you could always wait for the trade. Nah, nah, I can't do, I nah, can't do that. I can't you. wait. I can't wait on that. I can't All right, wait. what's, uh, what's, what's your other book? All right, my other book, I'm going to go with, uh, we'll keep it in-house. I'm going with Doubling Down on My Charles Soul oh, nice. with uh, Astonishing X-Men number four. Yes, okay, good, yes. Yeah. I have so not, if you can I've read, not this, read it yet, so if you would for me, for it's spoiler-related. I, I, will, I will be light on yes. the spoilers, but you've read the, you've read the past Yes, three? I love it. It's like my favorite uh, X-Men book since, uh, since Joss Wheaton did Astonishing X-Men. Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh man, talk about a, a good run! Oh my run. god, it's awesome. So if you if you haven't been reading Astonishing X Men, people in the audience, uh, it's Charles Soule writing the book with a team of Old Man Logan, uh, Rogue, uh, Gambit, Phantom X, uh, Psylocke, Bishop, and Angel. Yes, I think that's right. And Mystique. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she kind of tricked Mystique. them. But yes, she's yeah. She pretends to be the beast yes. so that she can she can get in on this, um, which is cool because her motivations are still kind of like you're, you, I, I'm still on the fence about why she's even here. Right. Um, but the the main crux of the story is the Shadow King is back. No, it's so awesome. Amal Farouk, that big fat ass motherfucker <laughs> who can throw down with Chuck Xavier on the astral plane. Right, right. One of the baddest of badasses. In all the comic books. So awesome. And he's been assaulting psychics all over the world with his return. And he might have Charles Charles Xavier holed up in his, you know, in his psychic web. So the the main crux of of this first arc is a bunch of these X-Men are summoned together by Psylocke at a chance. uh, And they get together and they go into the Astral Plane to try and stop the Shadow King first. They find out Xavier may or may not be there second. And... Pretty much stop the world from collapsing in on itself because if the Shadow King comes back full time, we got problems. Now there, it's kind of like a uh, like a mental chess game. Yeah, like they're playing because like Farouk in the past issues, he's been trying to uh, like he's been trying to manipulate the X Men into coming over to his side, whether they know that or not. So he can possess their bodies and wreak exactly, havoc in the real world. Exactly. Right. And Charles has kind of been thwarting that as as best he can. So, so right. now, but, my, my but, question to you is, do you think... Now, you may know this issue, so if, it, if it's in this issue, just, you know, you, you can 
don't don't tell me. I won't say. But it, yeah. it is is Charles alive, or is this some type of mental projection that Farouk has has come in possession of? We still don't okay. know. That's cool. That's cool. But what Charles does tell us between this issue and the last one is that he claims to be dead. And that there are other ways that he can project into this world. Okay, gotcha. So maybe there's some psychic ghost, but it's still very, very you know, nebulous. Yes. Yeah, I'm talking about yes. Charles. Because, you know, also in the last issue, he said, you know, at the end, that he's also looking to kill the X-Men himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was weird. Right, right. It was so spooky and so weird, but, like, way cool. Yeah, because um, because Farouk said, you, or, or uh, may have been Charles said, now you're we agree to the terms... And whoever right. wins, because like they have, they're playing a game, and whoever right. wins, you, your classic mental chess. Yes. Yeah. So it's such a fucking good story, man. Especially if you've been wanting a good X Men book, this is it. Now, who did the yeah. art on this? Is it still this, this? Well, no, it's it's changing every issue. Oh, so the first, yeah, I know. I I don't I don't love it, but every guy we've got has been more of an all star kind of That's so far. True. We had Chung Chung the first issue. We had Deodato the oh, next. Oh, Deodato's was so good. Yeah. You know, he's really lost steam for me since he's been doing the 3D stuff, I gotta tell oh, you. okay. It's been more noticeable over the years. He, um, he, you might see it, too. He's on, he's on Old Man Logan uh, this week, and I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, his, yeah. his fight uh, with Maestro at the end, this book has been, Old Man Logan's been so brutal. It's, killer. Oh, it's yeah. been so good. So good. But go yeah. ahead. We got McGinnis, my boy Ed McGinnis, the last yeah, yeah, issue. Yeah, McGinnis was good. Which was, I love McGinnis. And this one was uh, Charles, um, Carlos Pacheco. Pacheco. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's good. He's he's changed his style up a bit in recent years, but like he did, he did uh, like Avengers Forever and, and a bunch of other okay. stuff like way back in the day okay. that I really loved. Um, he does a solid, solid thing in this issue. Um... We get a lot of a lot of nice character moments. There's there's action all spliced in between. There's really nothing too spoilery, okay, you know, for right. me to, to ruin you. anyway. But uh, but just a lot of great moments. You get you get some some Phantom X Mystique stuff. You get some Gambit Rogue uh-huh. stuff, which I'm I'm glad at the way Soul is handling or Soul is handling that because uh, I I hate Gambit. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I do too. With a passion, <laughs> he's like my least favorite X Man ever. So Ever. you don't like Tatum Channing uh, trying to resurrect the movie? Oh no! <laughs> Although I did, he- you know what the worst part about that is? Is like I hear that, and then I heard a rumor the other day that they're trying to get Daniel Craig as Mister Sinister. Oh, I seen that. Yes, and I'm like, oh come on! Like I, no, oh, no. don't make Stop. me watch a Gambit movie. Yeah, I'm not doing Stop. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you give it? I'm giving I'm giving this one uh, a seven out of okay. ten. It's a it's a solid like mi- like it's obviously in the middle of an arc, so you're not getting there's no there's no big reveals, um, there's no like hugely great dramatic moments. It's got some nice character stuff, and it's a good treat if you've been reading it all along. Right. right. Um, but I I'm just looking to see how the arc resolves at this point. Yeah, I'm very. You know, I'm, curious. I'm ready. I'm ready for some Shadow King showdown. Yeah, man. I am big too. time. I'm ready for the. There's going to be. I thought it might be this issue. That's the reason I was like, keep it spoiler free if you can. Uh, because I yeah. feel like there's going to be a huge twist somewhere. That's something, yeah. something that we not not seeing coming. We're going to be like, oh shit. Because Charles Soule's really, really good at that. Oh, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So seven uh, seven zero, right? It's a yeah seven zero. It's it's a solid it's a solid issue in in the middle of an arc. It's a good continuation of what's been happening. It, it's just it's just more good stuff, but nothing nothing that'll knock your socks gotcha. off. Gotcha. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, last book. Last book. The Peace Day Resistance. How are we end in this show? Um, where the fuck did I do this? <laughs> Here it is. All right. Where did I put it? If uh, I, I don't know if you've been reading this or not, but Batman, Batman's main title. Uh, dude, it's been a fucking Batman day. Uh, dude, lot, there was a lot all of Batman, Batman yeah. all, the, all time. the time. Um, Batman thirty two, the conclusion of Tom King's The War of Jokes on Riddles. Um, if you haven't been reading this, you need to, or wait for the trade okay. because this is the conclusion. So the trade will be coming out soon. Yeah. A couple weeks. It's I, if, Tom King. It's breathing new life into this franchise. He, he, he really is. Um, he's made like, that, swamp, that swamp thing team up the Elmer Fudd Batman team up. I mean, he's a madman. He, yeah. He's, and, and he makes it also good and it's it's he has a writing style that is unlike anybody else like i was very apprehensive about i'd read uh sheriff of babylon i'd read the vision uh which the vision was fantastic that tom king did vision was very i did not expect to like that no really uh big sam is the one that was like dude you gotta read. and i'm like i don't want to fucking read this and, and come on vision's got a family on, this, this is, is lame. stupid uh, and it was, he made it so good and creepy. Like it was like disturbing. Some of the vision stuff was very disturbing. But Dude, when they killed Grim oh Reaper, my God. like I was like, holy when shit. They, yeah. Everything about it. It was so good. So good. So what Tom King has did here is I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this in a nutshell. I'm just going to give you what this, this, this story did in this issue here. Uh, war jokes on riddles. Riddler is at war with the Joker. Now we really okay. don't know why, but we do find out this issue. Okay, uh, Batman is in the early days of his Batman career. We think it's been it's been a year, maybe a little over a year. So he's not the Batman that we know that can fucking just handle anything that has like eight. Uh, uh, psychosis in his head that can handle anything even like a an amnesia attack or something it's not that batman yet he's still a little green he's still a little green still good but still a little green so you've got this huge war going on in gotham people are being killed and he's telling this story uh to catwoman all right he's telling catwoman the story about something that happened in his early days because he wants her to understand him because Spoiler alert, he's asked her to marry him. What? Say what? Yeah, it happened a couple of issues ago. Yeah, come on, Bruce. Um, So, okay, so he's telling this story because he's evidently, he's getting in a long-winded way. Something off his chest that happened in this issue. Like I said, this is the conclusion. So, um, Batman has taken a side. Because he can't take on both Joker and Riddler at the same time. So he said, what way can I get them to end this war? I'll take a side. Whoever side I go to, there's no killing. And there's been a massive body count during this war. Okay? Um, So 
the star here is what's so amazing. It's Kite Man. Fucking Kite Man is the star of this story. Okay? Come on. I swear to God. Like... I don't know. I don't know anything about the story. You're telling Kite, Kite Man. Man. Kite Man is the green, pivotal. Green costume, yes. yellow diamond. Rides a fucking loves kite. kite, so he's riding around. Come on, a fucking kite. Yes, right. he's on the Joker's side. Okay, uh, and he's pivotal. He's key. That's what makes this story so amazing. Is Tom King has taken a? I don't even say he's a fucking D-lister. He's an E-lister, and he's made him relevant. Now, he was relevant up until this issue. Okay, now he is still he's still referenced, but this issue is more Batman than any of the other issues have been. They've more been about the Riddler, about the Joker, about Kite Man. This is Batman coming full circle with this war and something that and I, I'm going to keep this spoiler free. But it is something Batman does that we've never seen him do. He's never lost it like he loses it here. Now, he is stopped from making a huge character-altering decision by someone that you're like, oh my god, not him. Anybody but him. I, I mean, I'm so bad. I want to tell you. All right, I'm going to tell you. But if, Just if tell you want, if it, I can't. You you got me in right, suspense right. here. I don't even know what's happening. Okay. Riddler killed Kite Man's son. His fucking Dude. little son kills him. Okay, because they captured Kite Man. They're wanting information. He kills him. Okay, so. All right, so then there's kind of a little understory there. But anyway, so we get to this, and we find out the Riddler's motivation of the whole war of jokes on riddles. Joker doesn't find anything funny anymore. That was a riddle to the Riddler. So what does he do? He creates this war to get Batman in their in their, their throes, and Joker still doesn't think it's funny. And the Riddler loses his shit. Now, Batman, on the other hand, is watching all this go down, and he's going, are you fucking kidding me? You caused all this death and mayhem just to get him to, just laugh. to, get him to fucking laugh because you were trying to solve a riddle, a riddle? And see, Batman was there when Riddler killed his son. Batman uh, takes a knife off the fucking table and you get this page of you're behind the Riddler and Batman fucking leans out and it looks like he stabs the Riddler right in the face. Okay? Now, this shit. is the thing that he's telling Selena Kyle. He's like, look, I've got to tell you this. If you think that I'm still worthy of you, I'm no fucking hero. And here's why. This is what I did. And you're like, like the other, pay, the next page's a fucking ad. And you're like, huh, I'm, I'm oh, sitting on the on. toilet. I'm sitting on the shitter as I, I read most of my books. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not done shitting yet because I just, I just shit again. So I turn the page. The Joker 
had reached out with his fucking hand and took the blade all the way in his hand and stopped Batman from stabbing the Riddler in the face. And then you know what the Riddler says? Or I'm sorry, the Joker. What? Now that's funny. Oh my God. And he starts cracking up. What the fuck? (laughs) I'm telling you, man. I was like, what? Yeah. So now you've got the Joker who saved Batman from From crossing crossing the line. The line that Batman always feared made him better than the Joker. Exactly. What the heck? How awesome's that? Dude, that's nuts. I really want I, gotta I really wanted to give this the book of the week. I really did. But I feel like, you know, I do the single issue thing and I feel like the White Knight was just such a great first issue. People can jump on yeah. that. Here you really needed to have read all of them. You know what I mean? To really appreciate I, it, it's yeah. it's still a 93. It's this book is a nine three all day fucking long. The art is fantastic, the dialogue's great. There has if I if I've critiqued the whole story arc, there has been some things like Deadshot and um, oh D- Deathstroke, they were on opposite opposite factions. Okay, they went to they were both trying to kill Batman. Well, they ended up both seeing each other. They warred for three days. Deathstroke and Deadshot did. Several innocent bystanders were killed while they were trying to kill each other. What's Batman doing? He's got his finger in his ass because he's saying that he's so early in his career, he can't take these guys out by himself. Like, I I can't. I'm not that skilled. Well, in the next issue, he takes them both out at the same time. And I'm like, wait a minute, Tom King. You just did this issue. Yeah, don't don't drop that. Don't on drop us. that on me. You know what I mean? Now I'd have to go back and make sure there wasn't some caveat or something that I missed. But it, you know, there have been some hiccups. But the overall story of this, you know, and like I said, this is the first issue that Batman has been really kind of the main player in because it's yeah. been about the Riddler and he's made Riddler a list. He made Kite Man relevant. Uh, and it's all being told be- to get to this issue. This is kind of the a far, issue. Kind of a far cry from seeing the Riddler, how you know much of a punk he is in something like Hush. Exactly. Right? Like, he's a bit. He's a bit player. He's a C-lister. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, But he's the fucking Riddler. And this, this book, like, it made him... Right there with the Joker. Like, they are nose to nose. This whole story arc. And then this, all this happens. It was masterful. I mean, it really was. Hiccups aside, it is, it may be one of my favorite Batman story arcs ever. Now, do you, does it lose points for you because of the the marriage B-plot? Um... In the background? That is a con that I had. Because I feel like it's a plot device. 
It's a plot, and I don't like plot devices. Um, it's a plot device because Batman needs to be telling somebody this personal, emotional story. So what better person in his life than Selena Kyle? His future his wife. Possibly future wife, yeah. And, and Joker asked him, like, he asked the Joker why he did what he did. And the Joker said, what is the difference between a joke and a riddle? And Batman's like, I don't know. And he goes, when you find that out, you'll know why I did what I did. So he still doesn't know. And Selena kind of goes into, I don't want to say a soliloquy, but it's, she goes into this thing where she's telling him the difference between jokes and riddles and what they could be. And, you know, basically it's a long winded way, a long winded way of saying, yes, I'll marry you. So yeah. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert. She said, yes. Oh, okay. Well, who's going to say <laughs> no to say Batman? No Batman right? I would say fucking Dude, if yes. Batman, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. If Batman was like, will you marry me? I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, man. Shit. You had to ask me? motherfucker shit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it's a fucking great story. This was a, I mean, <laughs> fantastic conclusion. Like I said, this book's a 9-3 all day. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. Check that out if you're a Batman fan. You really need to read this. Uh, it, it's de- it's it's character defining. It, it, I mean, it's that good. It's character defining. So uh, yeah, check that out, uh, guys. It's eight oh two. Casey and I have really, really talked about comic books tonight. But hey, it was the fiftieth episode. It was going to be giant size, and we made it giant size, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. Oh, Travis, anytime, man. Anytime you want to do the continuing adventures of the Blazing <laughs> Defender and TV's Casey, the Torch Wonder. <laughs> the Torch Wonder. I love it. I love it. That's that's it, man. That's your sidekick name. That's it. Um, yep, tell it. everybody where they can find TV's Casey. So you can find me on Twitter at TV's Casey if you're bored and you want to shoot me a question or tell me something to read. By all means, you know, be my guy. Uh, I do a podcast every Thursday night with the Bad Coyote Funky Bunch. We're like a like a five man wolf pack of coyotes, whatever a pack of coyotes is called. Listen, I didn't come up with the name. I'm not totally in love with the name, but it's a damn good podcast good with a bunch of guys who really love all the geeky stuff you care about. Right, right. Um, we stream live on twitch.tv slash Funky Thursday nights. This week we'll be on talking about the next Kingsman movie. Ooh, um, nice. Which is super, super neat, and you should check it out, especially if you like the first one. Um, but you'll hear more about it then. Uh, also, on Twitch, we do game streams off and on every night during the week uh monday nights i do one called stream up team up with my boy booster greg but other than that that's uh that's me that's my internet presence stalk me as you will what uh what games do you stream just like anything uh we just polished off uh, a two-man run of borderlands oh nice which is a lot of fun. Uh, we're we're doing a lot of co-op stuff okay. now. Uh, I know some of the some of the other boys are doing uh, Destiny, the new you know Destiny. Oh, I'm 2 a Destiny on their fiend, own. brother. Yeah. 
Not not my bag, okay. but uh, yeah, definitely for the other guys. I mean, I I can't do the the mul- massively multiplayer thing anymore. Wow, wow, completely corrupted gotcha. my life. And I know if I sank my teeth into it, I'd never get I know out. A lot of guys like it, brother. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of a palate cleanser. Play some play some Portal Two. Cool. Should be a, a bit fun next week. But yeah, feel free to to chime in. And uh, you may see me on other giant sized team up productions in the future. I've been I've been talking with our your friend and mine, the rock out of podcasting, Charles McFall, about uh, being on Breaking the Panel. Maybe on a semi-permanent basis awesome, in the future. Awesome, dude. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. But until then, until the next guest spot on the Blazing <laughs> Defender Report, your your favorite podcast and mine on the awesome. internet. But brother, thank yeah. you so much. Guys, please check out TV's Casey. Uh, the Bad Coyote Funky podcast i got you okay yeah. uh i like the name i think it's fucking cool i think it's catchy <laughs> uh but yeah check the check him out are you on twitter instagram anything like that yeah yeah twitter at tv's casey instagram i think it's also tv's cool, casey but cool. that's you know that's if you just want to stalk me in my personal <laughs> life going to museums and i'm putting all my comic-con stuff up there that's this week what i was just about to say man yeah, Follow him, yeah yeah put your stuff up there so we can definitely check that out no i'm going to be looking for it too uh, and dude, we're gonna have you back on the show after you get back from Comic Con. So to tell us all about it. We want to hear all about it, and you'll definitely be back on so we can talk more comic books, man. I thoroughly enjoyed this ca- uh, cast. Uh, this is Hell one yeah. of the, you know I think Big Sam's the only one that's ever been on uh, with me that we talked comic books, and we didn't talk near as long as we did tonight. <laughs> so, uh, but I enjoyed it, man. I had a good time. Guys, I hope everybody watching this had a great time. Um, if, and, and I meant to say this earlier. It's a little late in the podcast to be saying it, but I'm going to feel bad if I don't. Uh, I just want to say, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody involved in the Vegas shooting. Uh, that was fucking terrible. And uh, my heart goes out to all you people, everybody. The world is fucking crazy. I end every show like this, Casey. The world is fucking crazy right yeah. now. Uh, find something you love. We all love this kind of stuff. Engulf yourself in it. Love it. And and just treat everybody with love and respect. And be fucking careful out there, guys. Head on a fucking swivel. For TV's Casey, the blazing defender, Travis Jones, thank you guys so much. If you watched the show this long, you're a fucking family. Thank you a lot, guys. Let us know what you thought. I know the OBS stream was a little shaky, uh, but we'll have the audio up and on iTunes in a few days. So please check that out. Guys, thanks a lot. Be careful. Peace. Peace. What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you like this show, and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. We have Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have DC On Screen. We have Booze and Phasers. 
a show done by our lovely ladies that drink wine and talk about Star Trek. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And uh, as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. 